Welcome back to the Injury Prone Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Edwin Porter, doctor of physical therapy, medical analyst, fantasypoints.com. Today's guest is a very, very ringer guest. That was a very terrible intro, but he is from the <laughs> ringer. He is at Danny B. Kelly. Danny, I've come up with much better intros than that. That was, uh, I meant to say you're a ringer, but that's sort of play on words. That That's the point. We have our ringer here with it. us today. I gotcha. At Danny B. Kelly. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. He is on, of course, the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. He's also on, you know, you can find his rankings, the Ringer Fantasy Football Rankings at the Ringer. Um, very creative names. They workshopped as well. So I hope he doesn't criticize me because those are not the most creative names. Danny, how are you doing today, man? Thanks for coming on. <laughs> I'm doing great. Uh, I am so excited that the preseason is starting. I'm, I'm a total degenerate and I've been watching like all the preseason games just because I've been starved for NFL football. So it's been good. Um, yeah, just super excited for the season to get to get going here. What is your favorite part of the preseason? <sighs> That's a good question. I think honestly, because the, the starters don't really play that much, it's it's getting validated and and uh, you know confirming your priors on some of these like uh, like fifth, sixth, seventh round type players, like some of the later round guys that you had like that you thought were pretty good and should have been drafted higher, things like that. Seeing when they play well, like for instance. Ty Chandler for the Vikings this week uh, looked pretty good in his limited run. So not that it really matters for for a redraft this year because he's probably going to be like third or fourth string, but it's still fun to see those guys play and, and you know, create explosive plays and things like that kind of validates what you were seeing. Are you a DFS guy? Preseason DFS guy? I'm not. Not really. Uh, not like hardcore. <laughs> okay. So you're not truly bottom of the barrel, scraping the barrel degenerate. No. That's okay. We have some of those on here. I'm I, watching I, it for I, fun, which is maybe worse. I don't know. That could be worse, potentially. <laughs> so, Danny, we brought you on here. We're going to draft from the 11 hole. Our pick is actually up right now. Single quarterback oh, wow. league, PPR. Yeah, I, uh, I dropped the ball on that one with a long intro. We got 30 All seconds right. to pick. So what we have, to, we'll jump right in. At wide receiver, we have Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, CeeDee Lamb. At running back, mm-hmm. we have... Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, uh, Zeke, David Montgomery. Saquon is off the board, it appears. We got wow. 15 seconds. No, Saquon's not off the board. Let's go Saquon. Hell yeah. No hesitation. Q. We were just talking about this player. today, how he like, legitimately can be a first-round pick, and I don't feel bad about it. Um, he, dude, he was a, literally yeah. a first-round pick. Every, every year before the ACL, he was a first-round pick. And yeah. even last year, he snuck into the back end. So we're back up again. So we took Saquon on the first pick. It looks like if I clear the screen here. The big four are off at the receiver. We got um, Devontae, Diggs, Diggs. Diggs could be an option here, potentially. Who we got? Who's who's still? Do you want to do robust running back? Who's that running back still? Uh, uh, I don't typically, but we can take a look. We got Nick Chubb, Chubb Aaron, Jones. Aaron Jones. I mean, Alvin's a good. He's a, he's a good. I mean, uh, I'm down for player. Alvin, especially now that it's sounding like he's not going to get, uh, he's not going to get suspended. It looks like, or at least it's trending towards that direction. So, Feel a little bit better about that, but I'm I'm definitely into that. Do you typically PPR. go robust? You no. you go robust? No, no, I'm not. I don't guy? have like low a T hard... guy, high T guy. <laughs> I don't have like a, a real standards. I think like strategy. Usually, it's just kind of like um, let it play out and take my favorite guys if they're still around. That's probably not a, like a very sharp way of doing it. Like I know that coming into a draft, you probably want to have like a build plan, but I don't know. I just feel like there's so many things that can happen in a draft. Uh, that can change t- change your mind, change the way things go, and I just kind of like to keep it keep it loose. So keep it loose. Um, I like it. This year, though, like I'm I'm more willing to do the robust running back thing. I don't know why. I think maybe just because um, 
I've talked myself into a lot of these running backs over the last few weeks and, and months. Like like Saquon, for instance, I think I started out the the regular or I started out, I started out the offseason kind of being nervous about it. Obviously, he was really disappointing last year. Um, and then, you know, you start to get more comfortable with the idea that he's not going to be so uh, brittle and frail this year like he was last year. Obviously, there were some freak accidents, freak injuries that happened last year, and, and that kind of derailed everything. But um, everything, so, so many good vibes right now coming out of the Giants, and or at least with him anyway. I don't know about so much with the Giants overall. But, um, yeah, I like the day ball thing. I like that he's looking explosive. They're making it a focus to run downhill. That's cool with Barkley because that's kind of been like one of his main – you know, hiccups, I guess, so far as just inability or unwillingness to just go north south. You always trying to bounce things. So it, it sounds like that's a focus for them. So that makes me excited too. Yeah, I think one of the things with Saquon too in particular is nothing changed other than the which this is, sounds ridiculous, say other than the ACL. I mean, last year <laughs> I was on Saquon following the data, following the precedent, knowing what we might have gotten. Like you said, he had the freak rolled the ankle after the whistle blew on a defender's foot. Like nothing has changed since then. And yet his ADP fell and now it's climbing again. I just think it's funny too. I think you guys mentioned that on your show. Was it today? I listened to your, to your pod today. Mm -hmm. And I think you guys, I think it might've been the conversation with JT McCaffrey. It's like people are coming around on McCaffrey being the 1.01 and it's hilarious because literally nothing (laughs) since March, since February, since March, nothing changed. Dude, it's the stock market, man. It's it's people it how they feel that day. How confident are we feeling? Uh, should we be afraid or should we be like, you know, buying or whatever? It's like it, th- that's how drafts are. That's how I think fantasy football kind of goes. And it it's a uh, a lot of the times I think people can be really influenced by the crowd, you know, and like kind of like what's what's happening in an, in a certain day. And if people are feeling really confident about CMC, then that like, oh, okay, well I can do that too. I- I'm down. Um, I think with CMC, it's always been. You know, the volume is insane, but you worry about the injury history. You worry the fact that he's not really played a full season in two years uh, or he hasn't barely played in two years, I should say. Um, and so that's always been the fear. But like at the end of the day, he's going to get it, he's almost like guaranteed to get the most volume of any running back. Oh, 100 percent. If he's and if he's playing. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point about the volume and if he's on the field. And I know that the contention is, oh, he hasn't been on the field for you know X amount of time. You probably heard me spew this on Twitter. The thing about Christian McCaffrey, as we're still in the three, this is a three point oh four. We're still on the back end, so we got some time. McCaffrey played from his time at Stanford through twenty nineteen. He missed one game because of an injury, and yeah. we know that college games played is correlated with NFL games played. And then he showed that. I don't know what happened. I don't know what changed, but you know, he did have some freak, not, I don't want to say freak, but they're cause they're common injuries, high ankle sprains, very common. Uh, Carolina took their time to rehab it. AC joint Carolina took their time to rehab it. Then he had the quad thing and we're coming up here after the 10th pick. So, you know, the hamstring, the lateral ankle is what you worry about, but there's about an 8% of 5% chance to, for that to recur. So I don't think his risk is any higher than most running backs. So that's right, why I feel comfortable taking McCaffrey. Yeah. So far we've got right, we Justin Herbert here? off the board already. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Herbert off the board. Uh, Josh Allen went in the second round. We've got McLaurin, Metcalf, your boy, DJ Moore available, Mike Williams, Michael Thomas. I like Godwin here. I know that's not necessarily the best pick. In, in, in the I bet world. we could get him later, though, is the thing. Can't we get him in the so? next? We can definitely get him around the turn, I bet. Um, oh, right, right. I like McLaurin here, kind of. Uh, just okay. the way he could do. I like Mike Williams a lot here. Um, 
there was a, a period during the first five weeks last year where I think he was the overall wide receiver one in half PBR. I think he was wide receiver two in PPR during that stretch. Who's that? Williams? And then he hurt his knee. Williams, yeah. Mm. They hurt his knee and he kind of – he didn't play as well the rest of the season. I think teams adjusted a bit, but um, yeah. You got- I like either McLaurin. I like I like Mike Williams a lot. Your call. Listed, listed, listed McLaurin. I hated that. Yeah. I hated that. I hated that in my heart because of Carson Wentz. That's the only reason that I hesitate about Terry McLaurin. We Wait, Terry did McLaurin. we take Kyle Pitts? We I think we got auto-drafted. Have... Well, how did we get auto-drafted? Only leave it to me to fuck this up. Well, we should I'm fine with it. Kyle I love Pitts. Pitts. I mean, yeah. Okay. Let's, okay, so now tell me if they're on the board. <laughs> Do you want? I don't know how that happened. Uh, I think we did take too long. to. I think we it. must have timed out. So Williams or McLaurin here, you got to have some conviction, Danny. All right, well, let's go. Gone. Oh, no, it's not. No, it's not. He's still there. I'm going Williams then. Yeah. Yeah, I am too. Where'd he go? He's right there. He's like, there he is. There he is. This is go. like the weirdest user interface. Fucking <laughs> FFPC. We got Rams. Williams. Sorry, oh, you don't like Pitts there. That's a little too, too uh, rich. Too rich what do you for your blood I mean, you tell me. You're the analyst. You tell me. You're the fantasy guy. So I'm fine with it, honestly. I think Pitts. What he did last year was so rare and so unbelievable and so awesome. But the fact that Jamar Chase had the year that Jamar Chase had, like we all kind of overlooked the fact that Kyle Pitts was doing like ridiculous things for a rookie, you know, tight end. Um, I mean, even what he did, if you just look at like what receivers do as their rookie season, like that would still be a really good season for him. He didn't score a lot of touchdowns, um, but I believe there's a chance, you know, that just positively regresses this year. I, I was encouraged by what I saw from Mariota in, in, in the preseason week one. I don't know, man. I just think he's so good. And I think the volume is going to be incredible for him. Uh, I'm actually totally fine with taking him that early. I love Pitts. Did you see that Pittsburgh beat reporter who quote tweeted something about Kyle Pitts and said that Pat Frymouth had a better rookie season? <laughs> Please tell yeah. me you saw that. Uh, he, I did see that. I, I feel like he's probably <laughs> gotten buried enough that we don't have to add to it. Don't have to like, you know, throw dirt on, on his coffin or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would disagree on that one. I think uh, obviously Frymouth was How like political impressive. of you. How politically correct of you. I'm going to go ahead and politely uh, disagree with that, you know, but look, man, the way that Kyle Pitts was lining up all over the formation, beating one-on-one, beating press coverage, beating, beating, you know, man coverage, uh, lining up against every type of defender and, and winning, winning at the catch point. Um, it was impressive what Fryermuth did, but like he was basically just an underneath target and red zone guy. Um, maybe I guess the 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 thought would be like just the fact that he scored a lot of touchdowns. I guess it was why sure. he had a better season. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, I guess you could make that argument. He was maybe more important to his team or something like that. But I don't know the yeah, way he I- plays. Like it's like apples and oranges. I, I wouldn't make that argument personally. I guess I suppose <laughs> okay. you could. I suppose you could. So yeah. we have now Saquon, Alvin Kamara, Pitts, and Mike Williams coming up on our third pick here in just a bit on this the board. Is, I'm loving this Not team bad. already. We, Not get, we can get Godwin here. You want to get Godwin? Get your can guy I talk Godwin. you into Godwin? Can I talk you into Godwin? Yeah, tell me about have Godwin. Because so Godwin? my co-host, my, uh, Danny Heifetz, <laughs> hates Chris Godwin. Just hates his guts. He does. <laughs> he does. So he thinks, I think I totally uh, convinced him on Twitter, though. Yeah. Oh, you got him to turn around on that? That's good. No, I definitely um, didn't. No, I don't think I did. He just ignored me. Yeah, he, I, he okay. digs his heels in a little bit on things. Uh, I don't know if it's just like a bit or if he actually like, genuinely <laughs> believes it. But, I don't know if it's a uh, bit. <laughs> but yeah. 
Well, he just doesn't buy the he doesn't buy the the injury thing. Like he thinks it's going to be a really long recovery time. So give me give me the like real short take on why you love Godwin so much. Well, let's take let's see if he stays here, and then but I, I before I give the Godwin take, we'll pick our two picks. But like explain to me a little bit, and if he's here after this this tenth pick, then we'll do it. What is your thought process, just generally speaking, on dudes who are going to potentially miss time in the season? Because if I'm looking at mm-hmm. from a points per game perspective and an upside perspective towards the end of the season like i don't mind it as long as it's a reasonable investment but like what's your general theory on that i think you just i mean you obviously have to downgrade them a little bit because you're gonna have them sitting on your bench for a little while godwin's still there yeah um i think obviously yeah that's like the big thing is you have to wait you have to you have to stash them on your bench there's opportunity cost there um and so that is something that I have to consider. But uh, of course, it's a big difference between missing two weeks and missing like seven, six, seven, eight weeks. And so um, I would guess you're you're more on the spectrum of like he's going to be back probably week two, week three and contributing. Maybe not like peak performance, but at least, you know, he's, he's going to be lining up in the slot a lot. He's going to have a lot of uh, targets peppered to him in the middle of the field. Like there's a lot of ways you can talk yourself into even if he's not at peak physical performance, he's still going to be you know, a very good uh, fantasy receiver. So um, we've got him, you know, I think lower than, than where we took him here, but you know, I'm not like hardcore against kind of like reaching a little bit to grab him. Cause I think he's like really good. He's really underrated how good yeah. he is. Who, who do you want next? This next pick here. So we got a bunch of wide receivers. We can, we can, I mean, Lamar's off the board, Burrow's off the board, Mahomes off the board. I don't know if you go this early, but yeah, you got 20 seconds. Who, who, what position are you thinking? I'm still thinking receiver, man. Handling. I kind of like Sutton receiver. right here. Let's let's go Sutton. Tell me why Sutton, and then I'll get into Godwin. Sutton, man, I, I go back and forth on Sutton because I'm on one hand, I'm scared. On one hand, like he played last year and kind of disappeared for stretches and didn't look all that great, but like the quarterback situation was awful. Um, you know, I think he was still trying to come back and get back to full speed and full strength. The whole, just the whole offensive, uh, you know, like environment was just really bad, not conducive to him, like really thriving. And everything that you're hearing coming out of camp is that he's Russell Wilson's favorite target. And I keep going back to kind of what he, how he played. Uh, I believe it was his second season. Just kind of had a breakout season, looked really good, looked like a, a good deep threat, outside receiver, guy that can win at the catch point. Um, and, you know, obviously he was derailed by the ACL injury. So, I don't know. I'm just kind of banking on the connection that he's going to have with Russell Wilson, which we keep hearing about um, from, like, well-connected and, and like, reliable sources out of, out of Denver. Um, and if if you believe any of the, the reports and sort of, like, the idea that Russell Wilson's going to be, like, in charge of the offense, I think it means they're going to be passing a lot. I think it means he's, he's going to be, like, airing it out a lot. He loves to pass it deep. I think in terms of archetypes, Sutton is kind of the DK Metcalf style receiver for mm. that team. Mm. So deep shots in the end zone, you know, throw it up for him, let him come down with it kind of deal. Obviously, he's not the athlete that DK Metcalf is, um, but like stylistically, archetype wise, like he's the closest thing that they have to DK Metcalf. So that's kind of like my thought process on that. I, I can get that. So the the reasoning behind Godwin is multifold, I would say. So last year we we're going to see Saquon Barkley succeed after the ACL, despite uh, the ACL itself, because of a lot of different factors that are, it's the same thing. We're sort of rinse and repeat with Chris Godwin. 
Um, if you look at since 2009, there have been seven wide receivers, you know, Jordy Nelson, Julian Edelman, those are the names you think of that achieved at least 95% of their pre-injury production. And mm-hmm. their their average NFL draft capital was around 2.8. We know in the literature, draft capital predicts returning back to form. Their average age was 26. Their athleticism score, uh, their spork that we call it over at fantasypoints.com, yep. the average yep. was a 56.5. Chris Godwin, NFL draft capital around three. We know he probably should have went higher. Age 26, yep. his spork is 84.8. He's a freak athlete. You think about all those things in addition to the fact that he didn't start on the pup. That didn't tell me that he was ahead of schedule. That told me he was on schedule. It's actually mm-hmm. a really good thing if you consider J.K. Dobbins, who we to this point don't even know if he's fully ready and healthy. So that right. just tells us that he's ready at least to be on a field and he's already doing individual drills, which is fantastic. The only thing we have left to see him do is take contact before he starts an NFL game. Nine months is not a measure of we're moving quickly here um, at our next pick. What position are you thinking at least? Uh, let's see. We got scroll up for a sec so I can see what we have. We have three receivers, I think, and then we have two running backs and a tight end. Pitts, Williams. I mean, we could do anything here. Let me see what what's what do we got? QB. Nah, I'd skip this tier for QBs probably. Oh, you hate this tier. This tier scares me, man. Uh, what do you got at running back here? Oof, nothing great. Should we should we reach on Ramondre? I'm, I would be willing to do it if you think that he's going to go off before we go around the turn here. Um, the other, mm, if, what do we got at receiver? The other one? We just hammer a receiver again here. We got Darnell. We got Amon Ooh, Ra. I'm on Ra. Ooh, I'm kind of into like that, that I'm into that. I'm into that. All right. I, I think Amon Ra is really legit good. Um, you know, and the, the way that uh, they have – he has a, such a good connection, it seems like, with Jared Goff right now that I'm kind of just, like, willing to bet on his talent, will, willing to bet on the fact that he, they're going to make him kind of a focal point in that offense. Um, I don't know. I don't really understand how he fell the fourth round. Like, I still don't really get that. Um, good player. The NFL's weird ball player, man. Ball, he plays <laughs> ball. Ball player. Other, other um, than that, did you want to reach another running back right here at the turn, after the turn? Or um, you still, what else you still do we got? What else do we got? So Mooney's Mooney still on the board. Devontae Smith's still on the board. Juju's still on the board. Bateman's yeah. still on the board. I really like Bateman. I'm down to do Bateman. Just hammering Ooh. the receivers right here. I Absolutely. love this tier of receivers. Um, so good, Bateman man. is another guy that I thought like super underrated. Now he's going to be the number one in that offense. I still think that their their offense, their pass offense is so. Uh, it's just going to funnel targets to Mark Andrews and Bateman, I think. Obviously, they're not going to be as heavy volume overall, um, but I think they'll do enough, like, just concentrated on those two guys in general to to make both of them really fantasy. Like, I think Bateman could be, like, a wide receiver, too, and, and I wouldn't blink at it. 100%. To, to wrap up on Godwin, put a bow in that conversation, basically what I'm saying is it's a very good chance that Godwin is going to be, I don't know, at, at his floor – a what would you say a high-end wide receiver two at his floor maybe maybe a, a mid mid wide receiver two when he's and playing yeah yeah when he's playing on a points per game basis and so yeah that's such good value as a wide receiver three right two or three in my opinion it's just hard to pass up we know that the historical precedence from a medical perspective is that he has a good chance to come back and be an outlier we're looking for outliers in particular and the the thing is no he probably won't be 100 percent until the beginning of October, we know that the nine nine month mark is a safety thing. If you come back before nine months, there's mm-hmm. about a seven fold increased risk of re tearing the ACL. So the nine month mark isn't just like some arbitrary number. Everybody picked up that that we know based on the studies that if you come back before then you're just you're more likely to re tear. Of course, nothing's guaranteed. Mm. 
the only pass catcher that we've seen come back and do that is Rob Gronkowski. He played like 50% of the snaps for a month and then they ramped yeah. him up. So yeah. I'm willing to put up with, especially in the home leagues where it might be a little softer, like the draft room might be a little softer. Like I'm willing to take Godwin as like wide receiver three, maybe, and then mm-hmm. live with the upside towards the end of the season. So that's, that's where I'm at with Godwin. Like I, I don't mind. I like here. that. Uh, plus it's nice that, I mean, obviously I know that Julio's there, um, but it's nice that instead of having the situation we had last year where it was, uh, where it was Evans, Godwin, Antonio Brown, and Gronk, in theory, this year you could see Evans and Godwin both have like a little bit higher target rate, which would just be give it just be so much nicer for like fantasy purposes, like to not have to worry about that because they were all at like eighteen percent last year. It's like very frustrating. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And they kind of rely on a little bit on touchdowns, and it'd just be nice if they funneled everything through those two guys. All right, we're back so up. Here we are again, back up. We've taken five wide receivers in a row in Kyle Pitts. So five and a half <laughs> wide receivers in a row. What do we and got at running got, back? Let's see what we got here. James Cook is there. That's about it. Ken That's Kane interesting. What do we there. got at QB? What's that QB? Who's that QB still? Trey Lance. I said we pull the trigger. What? He's still there. <laughs> How did Soft So Stafford. Aaron Rodgers, Stafford, Dak all went off before Lance. I think this is the steal of the draft right here. This might have been. This might have been. <laughs> Who are we? Let's see. Did Trey Lance get hurt today or something? What, what are we missing here? I don't, I don't know, know why he went that late. That's that's the ninth round. What's he usually going at? I, I don't know. It depends. Like you said, it depends on the draft room. I think a lot. I think right now, generally speaking, most fantasy analysts have him at QB seven or more. Um, but it really just depends. Like uh, a lot of people have him just like right after Hertz, honestly. Um, because they're both how safe like of a play same, is he? same archetype. I think he's pretty safe, honestly. I don't. I mean, you can be pretty I like bad. safety, Danny. I like to feel safe. I like I like uh, weighted blankets and jackets, and <laughs> I really like safety. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I put all my uh, I put all my stocks in safe, and here we are again. Um, <laughs> let's see here. I, I got index make index funds. Right. Yeah. Index funds. Drake London. That's is he what I'm there? Right here. He's still what here. is going on here, man. I'm still looking at him right now. Um, yeah, I think honestly, like Lance is safer than um, a lot of these like quote unquote non running quarterbacks. I think just because you can be terrible as a passer and still get still be like a top five quarterback, because if you're running a lot and scoring like rushing touchdowns, you know, that type of running production is so, so important in fantasy. It's, that's why they call it the Chico. That's why they call it the Konami code, um, right. because rushing yards are worth X amount more than passing yards and, and rushing touchdowns are worth like a, a one and a half times as much as a, a, a passing touchdown. So, um, yeah, man, I, I think it's important to remember that even if, and we saw this last year with Jalen Hurts, like there was games where he was terrible as a passer and he was scoring, he was, he was running enough and he was scoring enough rushing touchdowns last year that he was still like for most of the season, like a top five quarterback. And he was getting you a lot of top five weeks at quarterback. So, um, to me, that's who he is this year. This is what this is what Lance could be this year again. I'm ready for that. So we went ahead and stopped the draft at, at round ten, and we started at the eleven hole. Single quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, tight end. We started at the one point one one with Saquon. Looped around for Alvin Kamara. Accidentally took Kyle Pitts, and we were looking to take McLaurin. I think at that at that point, um, that kind of changed the structure of the way that we <laughs> drafted. I kind of like it though. I kind of. Like I don't it. mind I mean, it. Hey, I love. I know Pitts, you, man. I think you love it. Hey, let's let's stop. <laughs> we got there. Pitts. I know London, you said he's gonna. Yeah. Here's my concern with Pitts. 
he was very meh. And when I look at drafting, to me, and my perception is that it was like, yeah, he's fine. Like, he's good for tight end for sure. But, like, is he going to provide more upside? And I know that we obviously, like, we were discussing it. But is he going to provide more upside than, like, a McLaurin? Is he going to provide more upside than a DJ Moore or a Mike Williams or somebody else going in that range? Like, how much upside yeah. does Kyle Pitts actually present? If you're just looking at positions from a flat structure, from, like, this just a pass catcher, right? Remove the the tight end label. Oh, um. I mean, honestly, I still think he could because he is going to be, in my mind, at least the unquestioned number one in this offense. They're going to have to funnel targets to him. I mean, who else do they have in this offense besides um, besides London? And I guess you could you could count Cordero Patterson, but I don't really know like what his role is going to be either. Like he might just be a straight up running back. And so, um, to me, he's going to get the volume. He's going to get an elite volume uh, in terms of target rate. I think there's a chance here that we ha- that we see him make a big jump in year two, which. Um, is is kind of wild to think about considering he had over a thousand yards last year you know in what i think a lot of people thought was an underwhelming situation like he could go over a thousand yards again score a few more touchdowns um and then of course you said not to do this but like i think just the advantage of being like what he is compared to most tight ends in the nfl right now like that gives you an advantage of in your tight end spot because he is i think a clear-cut like tier above guys you know like dalton schultz dallas goddard like he's just he's the number one option in this offense and you got like a guy like dallas goddard or or tj hawkinson they're like number three or number four depending on like the day so um i think that's like the real advantage that you get from him is is just he's going to be so much more explosive and and potentially has that upside and ceiling that none of these other tight ends have that are a little bit lower how soon are you willing to take kyle pitts um i mean we've got him right now honestly we have him (laughs) ranked in at 27 so like third Mm. round spicy yeah but you claim to have no spicy takes and yet you have kyle pitts at 27 curious that's curious <laughs> so we went mike williams right after and then we went godwin so our starting lineup would look something like saquon alvin kyle pitts mike williams you know before godwin comes back if he doesn't play uh mike williams Cortland sutton and amon Ra. is there anything in particular that stands out to you in this this build that we have here through the first 10 rounds um, I, I like the Mike Williams pick. Uh, he's one of my guys this year, I think. And, and just gen- in general, like our podcast loves him. I think just because when we saw the, the elite ceiling that he had last year when he was healthy and when their offense was kind of clicking and rolling. And I think the combination of him showing us that he can do that, like even in a, in, a, in a, what was like a five week sample, you know, he can do that. In addition to he's tethered to Justin Herbert, who could absolutely go nuclear this year. Like Justin Herbert is, maybe the most talented young quarterback outside of like Mahomes and Josh Allen at this point in the NFL. And so, um, I mean, I just, the pairing those two together, the upside of this offense, the upside of what he's shown he can do, uh, maybe the passing of the torch from Keenan Allen to, to Mike Williams as the de facto number one in this offense. Um, I think that you can get him sort of at a discount compared to, especially compared to what he could bring for you, which is like high end wide receiver one numbers. So I I really like that Mike, Mike Williams one. The only thing I really want Mike Williams to stop doing is like stop every time that he catches a ball in the air, stop landing like somebody rock yeah. bottomed him right yeah. from the top turnbuckle. I, I, I wish he would just stop. Learn doing how that. to fall, man. Yeah. <laughs> like the most athletic dude, like the most one of the most athletic dudes. Right. And mm-hmm. it just seems like he has no idea how to fall gracefully. Yeah. So I'm there's not, a lot I'm of guys like sure. that. And dude, we've been seeing I, I think I've seen a bunch of videos during the preseason, during the OTAs and stuff where it's like guys catching balls at camp where they're laying out and diving. I'm like, just don't do that. <laughs> practice. I know that you have to practice it. But it's like, 
these just look so violent, such violent landings, guys landing directly on their shoulder just makes me really worried. But yeah, you're totally right. Like he just does not know how to fall. He he'll jump up as high as he possibly can and then land directly on his shoulder. And you, we need to eliminate think of, that. Can you think of your top five guys that don't know how to fall? Like of all time, you've watched uh, a lot of film, Danny Kelly, Paul Richardson. Okay. Uh, wait, 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 number Seahawks five. Guy. What number is he? <laughs> What yeah, number he's probably number number five. Five. Okay. I don't know if I'm going to be able to come up with five on this list. Mike no, let's see how many you think there. of. Okay, four. Um, mm-hmm. Man. I'm trying to think. Who else? Who? Give me some ideas here. Who else even would be on this list? I'm going to just try. I'm going to stick to like current players because I don't I don't freaking know. Um, you don't freaking know. I mean, was Cam Meredith one of those guys? Because he was always hurt. I didn't <laughs> I watch mean, a ton of Cam Meredith. No idea. Um, uh, Kelvin Benjamin seems like a guy that would be one of those oh, guys. Yeah. yeah. Definitely a flopper there. I mean, the soccer players, right? Those are the ones that you think of. Marquise Brown, maybe. Mar- I don't know why, Marquise but he feels Brown. like the Kinda type of guy like who's a little names bit that Cano doesn't know how to land. <laughs> top five names Cano they don't know how to land. Yeah. Um, Alatus Zacchaeus, he's the Atlanta Atlanta wide receiver. Olamide, yeah. Olamide, yeah. Seems like a guy. His name connotes that he doesn't know how to land. <laughs> Aside from guys that don't know how to land, what other general fantasy football advice? Let's say one piece of advice for the beginner. Maybe the new person doesn't know exactly what they're doing yet. They kind of know they might get a subscription to the ringer. I don't know. Let's see. Um, Or, and not or, and the, the sharp one or two veterans that listen to this podcast and are listening to Danny Kelly and they want all the advice that he has available. Like give one piece Uh, of advice for each. The, I'd say for beginners, like the number one thing to do is like, make sure you read the rules. I know this is like very general foundational thing, but like read the rules, like know if it's PPR versus half PPR versus there's not a huge difference. I would say between half PPR and PPR, but if it's PPR versus standard leagues, that is important to know. And that, and then if you're going to be drafting, I'd say that the, the first thing you should do is go find just like ADP, just a list of average draft position. So just so it gives you an idea of like where the wisdom of the crowds are at any given time this is like big picture stuff you can kind of get an idea of where guys go in certain rounds i actually had a friend text me the other day and this is one of my friends that i've known since like high school and he just never has played fantasy football he's like always been like super against it he hates it he, he thinks it's stupid and then he texted me the other day and said he's gotten into it and i was like what that's the what he hell gets. like <laughs> that's what he gets that's what yeah he gets. and i was like so it. he was like what is a good first round pick and i was like you know what just go google fantasy pros ADP or whatever, and just like follow ADP. That's like, I think the really general way to do it. And then I would say, if you're wanting to be a little bit sharper, um, obviously if you trust someone, trust any, like for instance, the ringer, we have rankings. If you trust us, if you think that we're smart people, go ahead and follow along and do ours. Um, Where can they find that? that, Where can they find that Danny? At fantasyfootball.theringer.com. You can look at the draft tracker that you can go along and, and check guys off as you're going down the draft. If you think I'm an idiot, if you don't trust me, whatever, that's fine. Go to and look up. There's like, I think 444 has it. Multiple places have it. Um, you can get ADP for underdog, which is basically the, you know, um, best ball drafts that have been happening since essentially you know, like February or whatever. And those are a little bit sharper, a little bit, and, and they're quite a bit different than normal ADP. I would say like best ball ADP is just a little bit different. And you can get guys that are, you know, people that have been really, really hardcore focused on this stuff all off season. Um, they have money on it. And so it's a little, I would say it's probably a little bit sharper than just like the general ADP of like a million fantasy leagues or whatever. So um, that would be like one way to kind of like whittle down and get a little bit more sharp. I would say is, is go find like underdog ADP or something like that. 
what is the number one thing that beginners do that drive you drives you nuts in drafts? And what's the number one thing in sharp draft rooms that just annoys you <laughs> and you wonder why the hell it's going this way? Uh, I would say the number one thing that would annoy me in, well, it doesn't really annoy me because it's probably usually good for me, but like if people reach too much on a, on a quarterback early on, um, I think that's, there's just so much opportunity cost when it comes to taking a quarterback, like in the second or third round, like you could just get, you can get a, a perfectly great quarterback a couple of rounds later. And that's just kind of how I look at that. I'm not even like saying you have to wait until late to draft a quarterback. Cause I know that's been like a strategy for a lot of years. Um, I think when you get like in our case, like getting a guy like Lance, I think is the, the ceiling there is, is worth reaching a little bit in, in the middle or mid late round. So, um, and then the other thing I would say for like sharp, drafts maybe it's like it's a little too close to adp like there's just no mm. curve falls <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it's like you can just kind of it's almost like you're too scared like i think a lot of like people are just like too scared to go too far away from adp because then it's like whoa what are you doing like and then people start yelling at you and stuff so um there's not as many curveballs and it's not it's not quite as crazy and wild so i'd say maybe that's like the one downfall to like playing with a lot of pros is it because is it because all the pros are just squares they don't want to take any risks. They live in their mom mom's basement. Are you in your mom's basement right now? No, no, I'm in my own upstairs. Yeah, I'm oh. upstairs. Yeah, so that's you have, like even have a big an, deal. You have a nice little on air sign there. I really like. That. I need to get one of those. <laughs> yeah, here, here in my apartment in Florida, I, I live by myself. My wife doesn't is, isn't with me quite yet. I need to get an on air sign though, just so my dogs know that I'm recording, so they shut the fuck up. I know they can just so they zip it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Danny, a couple more questions before we get you out of here. All right. What are your top top five favorite results? R- results. Your top winning. five favorite. Des- <laughs> winning. Can we winning do top five money, favorite results? Winning Although, okay. trophies. No. Winning money, winning trophies. <laughs> yeah, keep going. We got two. So winning, winning money. Winning swag. Winning alcohol. Um, winning alcohol. Okay, you got to go move away from winning. Those are all categories of vouchers. Winning. Oh, I don't know. Um <laughs> results i don't know what, what else negative is covid test i think negative Ooh, that's COVID a good test one is good yeah yeah, yeah. Um, um let's see man find like finding like... finding something cool that's not a result <laughs> what is it that's negative negative medical tests how about that negative medical Ooh. tests that's that's my favorite thing sure um, totally results uh results that you passed something oh that's are always good, good yeah top five okay well you gotta give me one at least here I said top oh. five results, so we're giving top five results. I'm a big top, top five, five results. Mm-hmm. Well, positive uh, pregnancy test. In oh my yeah, case, I have one child now, hey. and, and so there Congrats we go. Congrats on the sex. That was good. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome, man. <laughs> Hell yeah! All right, last thing. It's a question I actually meant to ask you. Top five favorite desserts. Desserts. I'm the most mm. boring dessert person in the world. Mm. I think cake is kind of lame. I think pies are dumb. I like ice cream. What? Vanilla ice I just cream? like I, give me your big Najee Harris guy. If that's the case, yeah. <laughs> I do like vanilla ice cream. Yeah, I bet uh, no, not vanilla. I'm I'm like so. I would say I split my time between vanilla ice cream and cookies or chocolate. So I would say cookies and cream or uh, chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream. Yeah, that's good. That's a good choice. Some good chocolates. Good. Cho- many, I don't know how many mean? this is. That's what does that entail? Yeah, I used to two or three. Okay. Like good chocolate. This like, is the most enthused like, uh, you've been on all your top five lists. 
I mean, I just like I like to keep it simple. I don't like stuff that has like a bunch of crap all over it and like is is dripping with fudge and and it's all hmm. crazy and there's layers. I don't, I don't I'm, not in, I'm not into that. I just want like a nice like literal piece of chocolate. Give me that. Are you 75 years old by chance or are you like <laughs> an, old going on here? <laughs> is it an old soul? Do you like those Werther's, those Werther's from the, <laughs> from the pocket? No. Is there anything better no. than a Werther's that came from the pocket of a 70 plus year old that you know has been in there for three years? <laughs> Does anything taste better? Does I actually think that my grand, I'm pretty sure my grandparents had like a jar of Werther's at their house. Yes. Like every, Constant every set stock, of grandparents has this. Just a jar, like a glass, like ornate glass jar full of Werther's. Absolutely. Where there's caramel and the little strawberry candies, those are the best. Also, they really liked uh, liquor, like black licorice, which is Ooh. abhorrent, disgusting. Can't do that. No, I can't and do black my, licorice. Yeah, my grandparents love that for some reason. I don't know. Maybe it was a generational thing. They grew up in the Depression. That yeah, black licorice was probably like cracked at some point for some people. Like, it was like, oh my God, like black licorice candy. I don't know if they're, they All probably right. didn't have a ton of options. So, yeah. Also that, yeah. Also that. Uh, Danny, anything else? Again, he is at Danny B. Kelly. He's over at the ringer, uh, dot fantasy.com, right? Or what is it? The ringer? I'm sorry. I messed yeah, up. Yeah. Fantasy football dot the ringer.com. That is that's our, what uh, it is. that's our draft tracker slash draft rankings. Uh, very cool. And then, yeah, the ringer fantasy football show. Please tell me how to feel about this, uh, Kenneth Walker thing. It's sounding worse at like, as the hour has gone on, <laughs> Kenneth Walker. What happened now? Is Why is it worse? More and more injured. So he says, Seahawks. So this is Brady Henderson from ESPN. Pete Carroll said, Ken's got a little hernia thing we're working on and we got to get through it. Uh, so I don't know what to tell you yet. It's something that can, he says, it's something that we can attend to and all that. He's being very vague, of course, as Pete Carroll is wont to do. Uh, so I don't know. I'm starting to be more worried about this as the, uh, as the podcast has gone on. I will agree with you that Pete Carroll is a frustrating guy. Uh, I'll say that when, Rashad Penny tore his ACL plus, and I think he had some meniscus issue. I think he had some like capsule issue. It was a big injury. And mm-hmm. Pete Carroll said his specific words. I remember to this, like it was yesterday. He said, it's a little more than an ACL. And then Rashad Penny didn't play for two years. So yeah. you don't love that. Um, you don't love that quote. But again, the absolute worst case scenario would be like a Curtis Samuel doesn't play the entire season. A middle case scenario is they try to rehab this for two or three weeks. It doesn't go well with rehab. They send him to the surgery that Rashad Bateman had last year. And the best case scenario is it's some tightness that's going to clear up. And eventually it's not going to lead to anything significant, maybe one or two times on the injury report. Uh, like we've seen with a lot of guys against soft tissue things, this sports hernia, uh, groin strain, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's very common in the preseason. Don't panic yet. Yeah. yeah. Don't panic yet, but also stay on guard, right? Keep your burn the midnight oil, check your Twitters, check Danny, go to fantasypoints.com, the injury tracker, injury insights. I, I try to update that frequently. Um, Danny, don't have a heart attack. I mean, how soon are you taking Kenneth Walker? I'm just kind of curious <laughs> now how much money you have invested in him. And I'm why out. are you asking? Why I'm are you so all confused? in on Penny. You're out now? I'm, no. Oh, you're quite. a Seahawks fan. You're a Seahawks fan, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a closet Seahawks fan. I try not to talk about it. Um, really? I just I did not know I, that. Sh- yeah. Well, that's my point. So uh, I'm kind of rooting for, I'm kind of, I'm not rooting for injury, but I will say I'm rooting for Rashad Penny to stay healthy. I'm rooting for both these guys. I really healthy, want, so. yeah, Penny, man, he looked amazing last year. So I, I'm just for him because he's obviously been through a lot injury wise over his first three seasons or four seasons. So definitely rooting for him to, Worst uh, possible to stay look. healthy and, and keep doing what he's doing. Yeah. So I hope, hope we laid some fears. Don't, don't, 
Uh, don't panic quite yet. Okay. Thank you again, Danny, for coming on. You're the best. You can turn that on air, sign off in here just a minute. Once again, congrats <laughs> on the sex. Thank you for doing this mock draft with us. Um, that's it. We'll talk to you soon. All right.